What can the Major League Baseball playoffs tell us about the changes the Giants need to make this offseason? Welcome to another edition of the Kerry Crowley Show. Thank you so much to all of you who tuned in so far as the search to replace Gabe Kapler is ongoing. The Giants, of course, outside the playoff picture. They're at home this October, and that has led to widespread frustration among Giants fans, among people who follow this team closely, among people who deeply care about the future of this franchise, which is mainly one of the whole reasons I started this podcast. Whether you listen on Spotify, listen on one of your podcast apps, or watch me on YouTube, I kind of got going in the end of the 2023 season when it wasn't clear yet that the Giants were in the midst of a total collapse, but I could tell There was a strong disconnect between Giants fans and where this team, where this front office, where this ownership group was at. You could sense that changes were necessary. And after watching a bit of the Major League Baseball postseason to date, I'm more convinced than ever that changes need to be made this offseason. So I've come up with a little bit of a plan of things that the Giants can do. Obviously, Farhan Zaidi remaining in place in San Francisco as the Giants president of baseball operations. However, as I watch the playoffs unfold, I do wonder a little bit more about the wisdom of that decision, which of course comes from the top. That decision is made by the Giants chairman, Greg Johnson. He's the one who ultimately probably led Farhan Zaidi to seek a replacement for Gabe Kapler, knowing that fans were dissatisfied with Kapler's performance in the dugout, knowing that really the Giants could benefit from a fresh face in the dugout. And this has nothing to do with Gabe Kapler. I think that Giants fans just really got stale in terms of the way that they viewed the organization. Giants fans weren't the ones who were stale, but the Giants organization appeared stale to Giants fans. And so it was just time for some sort of a change. I think that more of a major shakeup was probably needed if the Giants are going to get to where they want to be in 2024. But nevertheless, Watching the Major League Baseball playoffs thus far has crystallized a few things for me. I want to touch on a number of different key points, even though we're only in the early days of the division series. Uh, Two games in the ALDS have been played in each series. The Rangers taking a 2-0 lead. A lot of Giants fans excited to see Bruce Bochy have playoff success. A lot of Giants fans missing Bruce Bochy right now. And when you watch him manage a game in the playoffs, it's easy to understand why. Of course, the Rangers taking that early 2-0 lead over the Baltimore Orioles leading that series, the best of five series, 2-0. The Minnesota Twins and the Houston Astros split in their series 1-1 right now, but Dusty Baker, the manager in Houston, a lot of people would be fascinated to see a Dusty Baker-Bruce Bochy matchup in the ALCS. And then in the NLCS, I'm taping this episode right before the Dodgers play against the Diamondbacks in Game 2 after the D-backs went into Dodger Stadium and absolutely walloped Clayton Kershaw, who cannot escape the postseason narrative. And whether it's justified or not, he absolutely failed to perform in Game 1, giving up a ton of hits against the Diamondbacks, putting the Dodgers in an early hole they could not climb out of. And you look at the state of the Dodgers, that's a team that's going to need to rely on Clayton Kershaw to advance the NLCS. So certainly set up for possible redemption, regardless of what transpires in Game 2 of this series. But Uh, It's been very interesting to follow the MLB playoffs to date, and I think a number of things about the Giants, about their direction, and about where this franchise needs to be by the middle and end of the 2024 season become abundantly clear to me. And I want to start with one, and that is you watch all these teams, uh, the eight remaining teams in the Major League Baseball postseason, and I don't think this is news to anyone, but all of them have young, homegrown players who have come up and helped these teams immensely, whether they got them to the postseason and played starring roles like the Arizona Diamondbacks and Corbin Carroll, whether they played more complimentary roles, Josh Jung in Arizona playing, or excuse me, in Texas with Bruce Bochy. You look at Evan Carter, the Texas Rangers rookie, who's off to a 
tremendous start in the ALDS. And you just see time in, time out, game in, game out, a number of different young players making significant impacts. And you go back to 2010, 2012, 2014, when the Giants, of course, had their golden era winning three titles in five seasons. It was no surprise. How did the Giants do it? They consistently got contributions from homegrown players in their core. 2010, Madison Bumgarner was a kid and he was starting a big World Series game for the San Francisco Giants. 2012, Brandon Crawford, second season in the major leagues. 2014, Joe Panic coming up, making a difference for that team. And so there are a number of different ways to build a roster that ultimately wins a World Series. But if the Giants are just going to get back to the postseason, which is absolutely necessary next year. We're talking about a franchise that I've harped on this many times in the past, has not advanced the playoffs in the playoffs since 2014. They advanced to the playoffs in 2016, losing to the Cubs in the NLDS. We all know what happened in 2021 against the Dodgers in the NLDS. The drought is extensive now. We've gotten to the point where we're questioning the direction of the franchise, questioning people in the front office, because when a franchise goes so long now without postseason success, it's fair to wonder about the direction of the organization. It's fair to wonder who's in place to fix things and get Giants fans back to the postseason and winning in the postseason where fans and people inside the offices at 24 Willie Mays Plaza so desperately want to be. And so I think the number one thing that stands out to me, if the Giants are going to be a playoff team in 2024 and be a successful playoff team, you've got to have your young kids. You've got to have Kyle Harrison, Marco Luciano, Luis Matos, Patrick Bailey, all taking the next step in their development. Because if the Giants are going to be on the big stage and winning, it can't just be Logan Webb and free agent additions from the outside. And I'll get to that in a moment. You do need those free agent additions, but you have to have players coming through the farm system, supplementing a roster, and really being core pieces. Because we saw this season, there was evidence that someone like a Patrick Bailey can absolutely be a part of the Giants' future core. I think you look at, you know, my main complaint about what Farhan Zaidi has done in San Francisco, about his inability to build a consistent winner, a team that should be in the postseason on a year-in, year-out basis. I think that my main complaint is that he has not done enough at the top of the roster. He's massaged the middle of the roster, the back of the roster. He's certainly improved from 2017, 2018. The Giants had bad players at the back end of that roster. That's no disrespect to them, but the quality at the back of the Giants roster has improved. And I don't think I'd find a lot of arguments to that. What you can say, though, is that he has not done nearly enough to replace the star power the Giants have lost at the top of the roster and done nearly enough to either develop players in the system who will be those one through five players on your 26-man roster who will be the stars or go out and acquire the stars who can be those guys. Of course, they had the contract with Carlos Correa last offseason, and I'll touch on that in a moment, but you only get credit for the deals that you get done, the deals that are executed, completed, the people who come and play for your organization. So you don't get credit for wanting to commit a large sum of money. We know that the Giants want to commit a large sum of money to any number of free agents. You can go back to Bryce Harper. You can go back to Shohei Otani. The bottom line is it has not panned out in San Francisco, which is why the pressure is on. Nevertheless, you even if you are signing one of those players, you have to get people in the door through your farm system coming up who are difference makers because see a lot of times how difficult it is to get free agency right. The Giants thought they did last offseason. A lot of us on the outside thought, hey, at the time, you could see a path to Mitch Hanniger having a good season in San Francisco. You could see a path to Michael Conforto having a good season in San Francisco. He regained the form that he had 
with the New York Mets earlier in his career. Ross Stripling wasn't bad in 2022 for the Toronto Blue Jays. Sean Manaya wasn't that far removed from success with the Oakland A's. But that's a big gamble. And expecting players who are at or around 30 years old, who have histories of injuries, who have track records of years where they didn't live up to expectations, where you know some years they've been good, some years they haven't, it's just a lot to expect all of those players to hit and shows you why it's so important to build your roster from within. Because if you have players coming through your farm system, you don't have to worry as much about the middle tier free agents from the outside. If they hit, great. If not, it doesn't make as big of a difference and doesn't drag your roster down the way it dragged down the San Francisco Giants this season. I'll add Jock Peterson to that list. Highest played highest paid player on the team. And look what he was. He was a left-handed hitter who couldn't hit left-handed pitching, who couldn't play the field. So you've got a DH as your highest paid player. That's simply not going to cut it for the San Francisco Giants and a platoon DH at that. So you need guys coming through the farm system, whether it be Casey Schmidt, Mason Black, Vaughn Brown, those second level guys who are also making a difference. A Carson Wisenhunt who has the potential to help the Giants next season. But the bottom line is, if the Giants are going to be successful in 2024, independent of who they hire as the manager of this franchise, they're going to have to have a number of these prospects step up and live up to expectations and get the opportunity to shine in their roles. I think that that's what's most important next season is, look, it's an uphill battle for the Giants to make the playoffs next year. You look at a middling roster in each of the last two seasons, you look at the free agents that they will lose this year, and you look at relying on a number of young, unproven players without a track record of sustained success at the major league level, it's not going to be easy. You're going to want to go out and just fill those gaps with guys who are the middle tier free agents. But we know from experience in San Francisco that the middle tier free agents doesn't always pan out. There's a ton of risk attached to those players. And so my bottom line is the Giants could be joining all these teams in the postseason next year and replacing one of these teams in the postseason next year. It's got to come from within. That is your main building block. And now with all of that being said, I look at a team like the Los Angeles Dodgers that has a ton of guys that they either A, developed, B, found on the cheap, say a Max Muncy when Farhan Zaidi was in Los Angeles, say a Chris Taylor when Farhan Zaidi was in Los Angeles. But the Dodgers have also done something the Giants have failed to do, and that is bring in the A-list superstars who can get you to 90 to 100 wins on an annual basis, who can be in the MVP conversation. And of course, talking Mookie Betts and Freddie Freeman, who is that for the San Francisco Giants this offseason? You look at the free agent market. Obviously, Shohei Otani will be the guy that everyone points to. Do I think the Giants are going to land Otani? No. Will they be in the bidding? Will they be there till the end? Of course. That's the way the Giants do it with all of these free agents. But you look at other options on the open market. You see a Yoshinobu Yamamoto who has had a stellar track record of success in Japan and is likely going to come play in Major League Baseball next season. He could command $200 million. Is he worth it? I say he's worth the gamble because you look at his stats in Japan's Professional Baseball League and you look at the track record of recent players who have come over to Japan from... The, come over to United States 
from Japan. And it feels like to me, and this is probably an anecdotal just sense as opposed to looking at the data, but it feels like to me the transition is getting easier and easier. And any gap that may have really existed for the top players in leagues in Japan and South Korea, that gap feels like it's getting smaller and smaller, which is why I also believe the Giants should go after Jung-Hoo Lee, the center fielder from South Korea who is coming off another gold glove season, who walks more than he strikes out, who hits for an incredibly high average. And yes, he's coming off an injury this season in South Korea, but this is another player who is likely coming over to Major League Baseball, according to reports, this season. And if the Giants are in the bidding for Yamamoto and Jung-Hoo Lee, and if they ultimately get those two players, I think that getting those two players could add to the top layer of this roster and could give the Giants the star power that they need. They've obviously been linked to those uh, two players so far. I think it was Pete Pitilla who was over in South Korea scouting Jung-Hoo Lee recently or talking with the franchise who may control his rights. Whatever it is, all I know is that these guys have immense talent. And the Giants missed out on signing Saya Suzuki, who's now with the Chicago Cubs. They missed out on signing Masataka Yoshida, who's now with the Boston Red Sox. There are players coming over every season. One of my hopes for when Farhan Zaidi was named the president of baseball operations in San Francisco is that the Giants would do a better job scouting talent in Asia and signing talent from Asia. Because we've seen time and again, there are electric players, electric superstars. You look at the World Baseball Classic, how fun was Team Japan to watch this year beating the United States with Shohei Otani on the mound. It was an incredible group of players on that team with major league caliber talent. The Giants have to be in the mix, no doubt in my mind, on signing some of these players because they can't just rely on the American free agent market. You can't just rely on the players who are coming through your farm system. While those are key building blocks to having a successful roster, you look at what the players who've come over have done. I look at Kode Sanga last year with the New York Mets, 200 strikeouts, and we barely talked about him and how good of a season he had. I think he was worth 4.5 B-War. And so that's someone who just slipped under the radar because he was on a bad team this year. But again, there are opportunities to improve year in, year out in international markets. I really do believe the Giants should be scouting and signing players from Japan and Korea with a lot more regularity than they have in the past. That is one of the missed opportunities in Farhan Zaidi's tenure in San Francisco. And I think if the Giants are going to be better next season, if they're going to contend in 2024, they have to capitalize on the free agent market and the players that could be made available to them this offseason. So one of the things that I talked about, obviously, signing that supplementary talent. But why have I talked about that? Well, you look at the playoffs thus far. I look at the Texas Rangers, what they've been able to accomplish, the investments that the Rangers and Chris Young have made. And this is independent of Bruce Bochy. They signed Marcus Simeon, who the Giants should have gone after. They signed Corey Seager, who the Giants should have gone after. They added the rotation. Nathan Yavaldi, did it work out with Jacob deGrom? No. Has it worked out with Max Scherzer? No. But it's given them a margin for error in the postseason. It gave them a margin for error in the regular season. No, they didn't win the American League West. No, they didn't win 100 games. But they had enough talent they had enough talent on that roster to get to where they are right now. And I think that they've positioned themselves to potentially do a lot of good in this postseason, go on another deep run. And with Bruce Bochy managing that team, who's to say that the Texas Rangers can't be considered as much of a threat as any other team in Major League Baseball right now to win the World Series? And why am I harping on stars? You look at the Minnesota Twins thus far this postseason, signing Carlos Correa. Did he have the best regular season of all time? No. Was it maybe one of the worst of his Major League career? Yes. 
But the bottom line is, he's on the postseason stage, and we knew this when Carlos Correa was being courted by the San Francisco Giants. When there was that initial agreement, all of our minds thought, this is someone who can live on that postseason stage. This is someone who the stage isn't, the, the lights aren't too bright for. This is someone who the Giants clearly would benefit from having in the playoffs. And I go back to 2021, the NLDS. You look at the Giants lineup, there were a lot of guys who hadn't really been on the postseason stage before, independent of Buster Posey and Brandon Crawford. You look at the players who produced for the Giants. It was a Buster Posey, it was a Chris Bryant at the plate, it was a Logan Webb on the mound, and outside of that, it was hard to find players who were consistent in that five-game NLDS. And I know that that's an incredibly small sample size for the Giants, but it just goes to show you that superstars with track records on the big stage, say a Bryce Harper back in 2018, say a Chris Bryant, say a Carlos Correa, those are players that you want on your roster. So the Giants absolutely need to be looking for that because I look at this Rangers-Orioles series, it's been written about the Orioles obviously did not help themselves enough with supplementary talent from the outside. They've got a great team, won a very competitive American League East division this year that has kind of floundered the postseason. The Rays obviously had terrible injury luck this year. Uh, they get bounced in the early round of the playoffs. Uh, the Orioles right now are lacking the starting pitching that can get them deeper into the postseason. The Rangers offense buoyed by a Marcus Simeon, buoyed by a Corey Seager, and helped by the young Evan Carter and the young Josh Young. It's a Rangers team that has the right mix to go deep into the playoffs. It's a Rangers team that, quite frankly, is really exciting to watch right now. And so I look at the Orioles and maybe say, missed opportunity by not adding more than Jack Flaherty to that rotation at the deadline. And you go over to the National League and you see that the Phillies, no, were they on par with the Atlanta Braves all season? They absolutely were not. But hey, you've got enough guys in that lineup. Hey, Bryce Harper and Nick Castellanos, who've been on the postseason stage before, who've had success, and the Giants simply did not have those players in 2021, or excuse me, in 2022 and 2023. And that needs to change in 2024. They've got to have a star. They've got to have that anchor presence, that anchor figure who holds this organization together and can help lead a team into the postseason. And do I think that they have that on the mound? Absolutely. Logan Webb has proved to me that he is that guy. But from position player standpoint, it's year five going into what? Year six of Farhan Zaidi's tenure in San Francisco. The failure to add is the biggest indictment on his track record so far. And no, I'm not giving them credit for the Carlos Correa deal because again, you only get credit for the people who come in and play for you. The people who you know will come in and play for you at the end of the day. So let's talk about a few other things that I think the Giants would need. I already touched on, uh, you know, the pursuit of Yoshinobu Yamamoto and Jung-Hoo Lee, I think is absolutely critical for the Giants this offseason. One of, if not both of those players would make the Giants immensely better. I think Jung-Hoo Lee is a clear addition, someone who can play center field for you, someone who walks more than he strikes out. So that's in line with the organization's ethos at the plate, someone who makes a lot of contact, hits for a high average. It'd be really exciting in San Francisco to see someone, an everyday center fielder who can go track down balls and a guy at the top of your order who can get on base every single day, independent whether he's facing a right or a left-handed pitcher. That is what the Giants need. Yamamoto, someone who does not walk players uh, when he's on the mound, which is something that the Giants absolutely value in the way that they look at their starting pitcher. Someone who can absolutely pair with the Logan Webb and an Alex Cobb, the front end of this Giants rotation. Then if Kyle Harrison pans out, you're talking about cooking with gas. You're talking about having a rotation that can get you to the playoffs and then win in the playoffs. And so the Giants right now, 
when I watch these teams that are in the playoffs, they look far away. They look like they don't belong on the same stage. They look like they missed the playoffs for a reason because the roster wasn't good enough. No, it wasn't Gabe Kapler's managing that wasn't good enough. Gabe Kapler's managing did not stand in the way of the Giants making it to a National League wildcard spot and then ultimately to the NLDS. It was the front office ownership not putting a roster together they could get the Giants there, and that is something that's got to change. Another thing that has just stood out to me anecdotally, uh, velocity in the bullpen, the king of the postseason right now. I look at the Minnesota Twins bullpen, absolutely nasty. Feels like everyone there throws 97, 98, and then you got Duran closing games, throwing 102. The Giants obviously have Doval, who's capable of throwing those speeds. 101, 102 with the cutter. He's just sensational. Get him more guys at the back end of that bullpen who can throw 98, who can throw 99. I know that Cole Waits a few years ago coming up was one of those guys. Maybe he'll be healthy enough next season, at least at the end of next season, because I think he underwent Tommy John surgery late this year. But nevertheless, just get guys in here who throw 98, 99, 100 miles an hour. The Philadelphia Phillies built their bullpen out of guys who throw that hard, and you're seeing it pay off at least, well, I'm taping this podcast during game two of the NLDS between the Phillies and the Braves. But hey, the Phillies won a series already. So the Phillies built their bullpen with guys who throw extremely hard. There's graphs out there. There's images on social media that show you, that show the difference between facing a 95-mile-an-hour fastball and a major league hitter's slugging percentage against that pitch and a 99-mile-an-hour fastball. And there's a significant drop-off when velocity gets higher. There's an uptick and then there's a downtick in turn in terms of batting average and slugging percentage. So the Giants absolutely need to be pursuing guys at the back end of the bullpen who can throw hard, who can blow the ball past guys, who can come in after a Logan Webb, a Kyle Harrison, an Alex Cobb, and hopefully a Yamamoto and make a difference. Uh, One more thing, and I think that this is pretty obvious to anyone who has watched the playoffs thus far, anyone who's watched Giants baseball in the last 15 years, One thing that I really think they need, and this is hard to put kind of a a metric on, this is hard to analyze, but a manager who has great feel in the moment. And what I mean by that is we've seen Bruce Bochy this postseason work his pitching staff masterfully. And one of the things that I think that he's done really well with the Rangers that has maybe been an underrated component of what he's done with the Texas Rangers thus far is manage a three spot in the batting order that's been a problem for the Texas Rangers. Yes, they've got great players. Yes, they've got great hitters. But throughout the month of September and then into early October, the three spot has proved difficult. But Bochy's been willing to put different players in there. Game two of the ALDS against the Texas Rangers, excuse me, against the Baltimore Orioles, he puts Mitch Garver, the catcher in there, who look, Mitch Garver's kind of a part-time player, split duties with Jonah Heim this season. If you look at the Texas Rangers roster, you look at their stats, you don't see a prototypical three hitter in there but he reiterated his confidence in Mitch Garver. Garver goes and hits a big grand slam in game two that ultimately helps prove decisive in a win for the Texas Rangers. I think it's just having conviction, having belief, and the. I think this is so easy to say when teams are deep in the postseason. Obviously, teams got there because they're good, but they also got there because they were managed well and they have managers who instill confidence in their players. I think that Gabe Kapler did a good job in instilling confidence in the platoon players in San Francisco because he was a platoon player during his major league career. And so you saw guys like an Austin Slater, like a Lamont Wade Jr. have the most success of their career under Gabe Kapler, but they still were relatively limited because they were platoon players. I think the next iteration of a Giants manager has to be someone who instills more confidence in guys 
up and down the roster. Superstars, bench players, and if the Giants are going to become more traditional with their rotation, with their bullpen, with having more everyday players and having more traditional bench players, which I think a lot of us would like to see in the future, you've got to have a manager who can manage to those levels of the major league roster. And so that's someone who can instill confidence in your star players when they're going through a slump. That's someone who can say, hey, this bench player hasn't come off the bench, just taken it bat in eight days, but we know we're gonna need him tonight and we've gotta get him ready for tonight. And so you're instilling confidence in him that way. A starting pitcher who maybe hasn't pitched deep into a game because of struggles of late, you still give him the ball with the belief that he's going to go seven innings. And it's not, hey, we're going to get you five clean innings, and then we're going to get you out of there to build your confidence. No, it's getting deeper into ball games. It's building these guys' confidence in different situations. I think that that's something that's become increasingly important to me as we watch these managers through the postseason. One guy who I'd say is doing a very good job, and I did not have this opinion of him back in 2021 when I think his team was losing like 110 games, Tori Lovello of the Arizona Diamondbacks. He stayed there through that rebuild and he listened to Arizona Diamondbacks players talk about the confidence that's been instilled in them by their manager, by that coaching staff. And I think that he's done a sensational job in getting that team that I think of the eight clubs out there may have the least talent, save for their superstar Corbin Carroll, who, gosh, the Giants passed on him in the 2019 draft and that decision's not looking so good. Uh, but save for Carroll, I think that their talent level isn't quite the same as some of the other remaining teams in the postseason. But you listen to them. They have a ton of conviction, a ton of belief, and a great sense of confidence that I think has been instilled through Tori Labello being there through the bad years and now helping them through the good years, which the, the Arizona Diamondbacks are absolutely in right now by virtue of playing in the NLDS and getting through that wildcard series against Milwaukee Brewers. And so all of that being said, I did want to finish by touching on the manager search. I promised uh, some candidate profiles, and I will get to those as soon as we hear some names leak. The Giants have kept things relatively quiet. I did a Ron Wotus candidate profile because I think that he would be a good manager in San Francisco, even though I do not believe that this front office would hire Ron Wotus. I think this front office is looking to hire someone a bit more new school in their baseball philosophy, a bit more willing to experiment, and someone who's not all that different from Gabe Kapler, who said yes to the front office a lot, who philosophically agreed with the front office on a lot. But I would really encourage Giants fans to put the pressure on ownership, put the pressure on the front office, be vocal about who you'd like to see as manager, and look at experience. Because I look at these managers in the postseason, and I see experience, I see conviction, and I see people who really believe in what they're doing. And obviously, that's easy to see when you're in the playoffs. Like I said, you're not going to go out and you're not going to watch the Kansas City Royals and the Oakland A's and come away with the same feeling, the Pittsburgh Pirates, and come away with the same feeling. But I have gotten that sense that one of the reasons these playoff teams are in the position they're in is because these players have the belief, have that faith that their manager is putting them in the best position to succeed on a daily basis. So one of the things that I really like from the San Francisco Giants this offseason is even with the bevy of internal candidates that they have. I think Kai Correa is a good one. Mark Hallberg someone that we've talked about. I think that Kyle Haynes, if he gets an interview, their farm director obviously has had a ton of interaction with the kids in the system. And so if you're talking about development at the player at the major league level, player development continuing beyond AAA, Kyle Haynes would be a good name. But I really think that hiring outside the organization, someone with different philosophical beliefs than the people in that front office, 
someone who is willing to you know, ride with a player if he's struggling, ride with a player even if it's not the right platoon matchup in the month of May because you know that may benefit you in the months of August and September when you're coming down the stretch. Ride with a pitcher who maybe can't get through five innings on a hot June day, but you know you're going to need seven from when you're going down the stretch in September and you, you maintain that level of confidence. You explain to him why you had to pull him on that hot June day. I think that having a manager from outside the organization who has that feel, who has that sense, who pushes back on some of the beliefs, a healthy friction with the front office. You don't want the type of stories that came out about the San Diego Padres, A.J. Preller and Bob Melvin and how they didn't get along this season, but it would be nice to hear that there are some disagreements going on, and it would be nice to hear that the Giants were able to get through those in healthy ways where communication lines were always open and where people were always encouraged to speak their mind. Because I think that what we saw from Gabe Kapler and Farhan Zaidi is they were so often in sync about things that it didn't lead to enough outside ideas. It didn't lead to enough thought, thoughtful discussions about what they could be you know, having blind spots for, some of the ways that they maybe were misjudging their roster, some of the ways that they were maybe misjudging their pitching decisions, their lineup decisions. So I hope that the Giants pursue the strongest candidates from the outside, even if there are, because of Farhan Zaidi's contract status, limitations to the Giants' job and who they may be able to hire. So quick episode tonight of the Kerry Crowley Show as I just had to get some thoughts off my chest while watching the Major League Baseball playoffs. Later this week, I will have an episode with Roger Munter. Taking a break next week, but I will likely have an episode somewhere where the audio and video issues will be back. Uh, If you missed it, or if you're not a devout listener of the show and you're still here at the end, Gabe Kapler was fired when I was on vacation in Florida a few weeks ago, and I had to record something quick from my girlfriend. (laughs) She was down at the pool. I had to go up to the hotel room and get a episode taped right after Gabe Kapler was fired. And now it's the most watched episode that I have, the most listened to episode that I had. And so if that's the case, I can guarantee you that when the Giants do hire their manager, I will be away from my computer. I'll need to do something right away. And it won't sound as good. It won't look as good. And nevertheless, it will be something that is far more interesting, far more compelling uh, than just your everyday episode. So again, later this week, planning on doing something with Roger Munter. We'll talk about the state of Giants baseball, the state of the Major League Baseball postseason. And then next week, TBD, but I do want to get those candidate profiles out there as soon as we start to hear about who the Giants are interviewing to replace Gabe Kapler. So if you're still with us, thank you so much for hanging in there till the end, this episode of The Kerry Crowley Show.